It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti back with you guys here on a Friday as we are getting set for week seven of the NFL season. Of course, finishing up the bye week. Hope you guys are having a good week and enjoying the bye week and just um, just relaxing, enjoying whatever whatever the case may be. Uh, we'll just run run through quick the, the schedule for Sunday, the announcer schedule for those that are, you know, at least keeping track of the of the games this week, especially of course. Uh, it's Carolina's opponent in week seven, or excuse me, week eight. The Carolina, uh, boy, am I messing this. The San Francisco 49ers, if you're taking a look at them as they're taking on the Redskins this week. So we'll run through, we'll just run through quick the broadcast and the, uh, the announcers for those of you that are interested. And then we got a special treat for you guys. Uh, Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, Draft Dudes, and the Draft Network will be chatting Panthers with us and with me. So looking forward to that. I hope you guys are excited to hear his takes. We talked a bit about uh, talk just in general the Panthers season and a little bit about the Cam and Kyle Allen stuff and a couple other things about the team and looking ahead a little bit to the second half of the season. So excited for that. But of course, before we get into that, I want to thank our friends over at Peloton, where Peloton is offering a limited time offer to you listeners where you can get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Just go to onepeloton.com, use the promo code LOCKED to get started. And our friends over at Roman, the folks at Roman Men's Health Company are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. So just running through quick the national broadcast, or the, well, first the national broadcast, we'll run through that, of course. Uh, Thursday night was Kansas City at Denver on Fox. Sunday night on NBC is Philadelphia at Dallas in a big NFC East battle. Uh, that, that'll be a real good one. We'll see, both teams, of course, slip in a little bit. We'll see which team bounces back and takes first place in the NFC East. And then Monday night on ESPN is the Patriots trying to get to 7-0 against the New York Jets. Should be interesting with Sam Darnold back, um, but uh, the Jets have a little bit of an easier schedule once uh, once they get past this game. So we'll see if the Jets can turn it around a little bit. Uh, and of course, as, as well as the Panthers, the Browns, the Steelers, and the Buccaneers have their bye weeks this week. So we'll start on CBS. They have the single game. Uh, the single game showing this weekend as Fox has the doubleheader. Uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be in Green Bay this week as the Packers take on the Raiders. And these are all 
or these first few games are one o'clock games. Greg Gumble and Trent Green will have the call for Houston at Indianapolis. Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon will call Jacksonville at Cincinnati. And by the way, uh, in the Charlotte area, it will be Oakland and Green Bay. That, that's the game the Charlotte area will be getting, look, looking at the map here. Uh, so Kevin Harlan and Rich Gann have Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Then Andrew Catalan and James Lofton have Miami at Buffalo. And then the late game on CBS is the L.A. Chargers at Tennessee. And that will be called by Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. Then we shift over to Fox. Where in the Charlotte area, you guys will be getting Minnesota at Detroit. And that'll be called by Brandon Godden and Chris Spielman. So a new name there, Brandon Godden, at least for the uh, the NFL crew. But uh, again, that's that's the game you folks in Charlotte, really most most of Carolina, uh, most of North Carolina. There's actually a portion on kind kind of the very east part of North Carolina that will actually get. The 49ers against Washington, that'll be called by Chris Myers and Daryl Johnston. But for the most part in North Carolina, it will be Minnesota at Detroit. And then the other two games, at least in the early window on Fox, the L.A. Rams at Atlanta. That'll be called by Sam Rosen and Charles Davis. And then Kenny Albert and Greg Olson. That's right, because remember... um, if you guys remember the, the news earlier this season that Greg Olson would be calling a game for Fox during the Panthers' bye week, and we already knew that he was going to be doing the Cardinals against the Giants. So that'll be interesting to watch with Greg Olson. And actually here in uh, here in Pennsylvania, at least my area, northeast Pennsylvania, uh, that's the game we're going to be getting because you figure, you know, the New York, we're pretty much in the New York market, especially with Philadelphia playing on Sunday night. So we'll get to hear Greg Olson. So I'll get a chance to check him out and see how he does. And then the late game, uh, if you guys are not a fan, because I know there's a lot of people that don't like Joe Buck. Remember, this is the time now where Joe Buck does not call football. Because he, of course, is busy with baseball. He's in the middle, of course, of the American League Championship Series between the Astros and the Yankees. Though it is possible that that series will be over by Sunday. But nonetheless, Joe Buck off of NFL coverage for now as he focuses on the ALCS and then eventually the World Series. So it's Tom Brenneman who will be in the number one spot now with Troy Aikman. They will be in Chicago, and that's the game that pretty much all of North Carolina will be getting. New Orleans at Chicago, and then the other game on Fox in the late wave will be Baltimore at Seattle. That is Dick Stockton, Rondé Barber, and Mark Schlereth. So that's the announcer schedule for week number seven. Before we chat with Joe Marino... I want, of course, shout out our buddies over at MyBookie since, of course, uh, it's all about betting. It's all about you guys looking for some extra cash. 
And my bookie also running the big $50,000 Survivor Contest. All you got to do is just pick a team each week, survive the longest, and you could potentially win $50,000. And if you make a successful deposit with my bookie, you'll receive a free entry into the contest today. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Locked On to double your initial deposit and everybody loves the everybody loves doubling their money and basically playing with free house money and remember my bookie it's not just football baseball basketball college even stuff outside of sports i've i've seen them do bets on politics and you know the presidential race and uh you know midterm elections things like that so there's just a lot of things you can do with with uh, my bookie so go to mybookie.ag promo code locked on and they will match your initial deposit if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So that wraps up kind of the little preview of week seven. And now it's time to talk to our good buddy, Joe Marino of the Draft Network. And of course, here on the Locked On Network, Locked On Bills and Draft Dudes. So here's my conversation now with my buddy, Joe Marino. And now on Locked On Panthers with our good buddy, someone that I've been wanting to get on the show for quite some time. And I'm so happy that he's taking time out to stop by the potter my good buddy joe marino of the draft network and of course locked on bills joe what's going on man welcome to the pod hey bill i'm doing good appreciate you having me on uh excited to talk some panthers it's quite an interesting team right now it it really is you know it's it's almost kind of a tale of uh two seasons so far you know you had the first two weeks zero and two to start the season and things were already looking bleak then Kyle Allen comes in, and they've won four straight, and all of a sudden it's it's a completely different offense and kind of the offense that we expected to see going into the season with what we thought was going to be a healthier Cam Newton. Uh, so that's kind of, I think, where we'll, we'll start with you and your thoughts because obviously you know, you're, you've you been down in the Charlotte area. You have a lot of connections with or you know a lot about the Panthers, so that's why I really wanted to get you on here to get your knowledge on this team. So what's kind of been the key so far in these first six games that have gotten the Panthers to this point so far at 4-2? Well, the, the, rem- the remainder of teams have been good, right? The, the defense has always been a strength. I like a lot of their weapons, obviously, with McCaffrey and Samuel and Moore and Olsen. All of those things we knew were going to be sound. The, the challenge has been quarterback. And, you know, Cam Newton really cost his football team by trying to play hurt. And you think about the way this team started with two games at home, at Bank of America Stadium, opening up with the Rams, and then four days later, five days later, Thursday night football against the Buccaneers. You you don't you, you can't convince me that if Cam Newton doesn't try to gut through those two games that the Bills don't or that the Panthers don't at least win one of them. And now you're talking about a five and one football team. And so I think that put that team behind. And and that's very disappointing. 
that's disappointing that Cam would try to play through those injuries and not do what's best for his football team. And um, it was a very selfish decision, in my opinion. And um, it, it hurt the team. And in this NFC race where this, you know, it's very competitive, a lot of good football teams that are in the mix for the playoffs. And to put your team in an 0-2 hole because you wanted to try to play for your fans was was very much the detriment of this football team. And like I said, the, the, what really kind of makes it even more disappointing is that the remainder of team was already good enough to compete with how good the defense is and, you know, some of their talent on offense. Yeah, I mean, even look at that first game against the Rams. They were really, really competitive. You know, it was really nice to see them hang in there. And then they just kind of dropped the ball a bit on uh, in, in that Thursday game, like you said, against the Buccaneers. But then Kyle Allen comes in week three and the offense just completely takes off. What have you seen out of Kyle Allen that you've really liked? And, you know, is this something that can that you can keep on going moving forward? And then, you know, ultimately what's going to happen when Cam Newton inevitably gets healthy and you get that uh, that quarterback decision that, according to Adam Schefter, we may get as soon as next week, the way he's been talking and recovering. Well, I think I think the big thing with Kyle Allen is that he can't he's come in, stepped into this offense and he's got the ball in the hands of his playmakers. And North Turner, his offense, the way it's evolved, especially to this point with Carolina, as we saw last year, and of course this year, it's just about getting the ball out of your hands and into the hands of playmakers. A lot of manufactured throws, some schemed looks, but you know, by and large, it's a pretty quarterback-friendly system, and it didn't require you know elite ability to run it. It just needed somebody that can get the ball out of their hands, and Cam Newton was not able to throw the football accurately uh, with consistency and obviously his inability to move because of his foot injury really limited his him as a player. And so what Kyle Allen's been able to come in and do is execute pretty simple stuff by NFL standards and keep the offense on schedule and score points and not try to, you know, gut it out and not be able to be that efficient quarterback that this offense needs. And that's been the difference between winning and losing games, in my opinion. So, you know, it sets up for a challenging decision for Ron Rivera. And I, I'm nervous about it, Bill. And, you know, you really think about this. Everybody in the world knew Cam was not right watching him play in those two games. It wasn't hard for anyone to figure out watching the football team that Cam wasn't right. And if there's anyone on the planet that knows Cam Newton the best, maybe outside of his family, is Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera didn't have the guts to take him out of the game. Ron Rivera let him play through it because Cam told him he was healthy. Well, are you blind, Ron? Because everyone knew he wasn't right. And the reality was is that cost that football team at least two games. And look, I think that Ron's going to put Cam back in. And I'm not saying it's the wrong decision because a healthy Cam Newton deserves to be the starting quarterback for this football team. But a healthy Cam Newton is not something we've seen consistently since 2015. So I'm not sure what evidence there is or any reason to believe that you're going to get a sustainably healthy Cam Newton for any period of time to really make a difference and make you feel good about him as the guy moving forward. You look at this contract situation, Bill. He's, his contract's up after 2020. He's owed $18.6 million. They can cut him and save $16 million and only have $2 million in, in dead cap space. This is a, a, a thir- over 30-year-old quarterback whose entire career has been based on his physical gifts, whether it was his arm talent 
her size and ability to move. Well, those those things are all kind of crumbling right before our eyes. Are you going to commit to that player? I think there's a lot of questions to be had here. But Ron Rivera not taking Cam Newton out in those first two games gives me every in- indication that he's going to roll with Cam as soon as Cam says he's healthy. No, and I agree. You just get that feeling that he's just going to go with him. He's always been with Cam. It's always been his team. Um, and you, when you were talking about those f- first two games, it, I just couldn't help but think back to after the Buccaneers game and after the fourth down play call when Ron Rivera's up at the press conference saying that Cam Newton's foot had nothing to do with the play call. Right. Well, right. come on. Like, are we stupid? Do they think we're stupid? Like, if the foot doesn't have anything to do with the play call, then why are you running a pretend version of the Philly special and just a, a direct snap to Christian McCaffrey? Obviously, we know deep down he felt the foot was was an issue. He, he just didn't want to come out and say, you know, it takes uh, the quarterback change and then some of Cam Newton's vlogs to kind of uh, discover that instead of Ron just, you know, kind of being honest with us. But I mean, that's just the way it's been, I guess for a couple of years, but I, I agree with you when, when cam, when cam's ready to go, which maybe coming out of the bye in week eight, maybe a couple of weeks later, who knows, but eventually this is going to go back to cam's team. Um, but I, I do want to touch on the defense a little bit too, specifically uh, one of the rookies and that's Brian Burns. I mean, look, this, this guy is as advertised, you know, we know he had all this, he, he was just so dominant at Florida State, showed all the, all these great traits, and then he's coming to the Panthers, and he's just dominating. And, you know, for those that didn't see the quote, I'm, I'm just going to read your quote here from the Draft Network, Joe, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, you wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, on Brian Burns, it was an exhausting draft season of fighting bad narratives about Brian Burns. If it wasn't those who wanted to call him the next Aaron Maben, it was others who thought former seminal pass rushing busts in Bjorn Werner, Everett Brown, and Jamal Reynolds had something to do with, his, with Burns' NFL projection. Burns' wonderful blend of length, burst, arc speed, flexibility, hand usage, and motor has immediately translated to big plays on the field for the Carolina Panthers. Um, just what is it, you know, even besides that, because what is it that, you know, just made it so quick? He's just been able to get on the field so much in, in just a short amount of time, even not even a full number of offensive snaps. I mean, he's really only playing like about half the defensive snaps or so. Um, what is making him so effective and what, you know, what's already made him uh, just arguably one of the scariest pass rushers already that we, we've seen this year? You know, he's got four and a half sacks over the last five games. I mean, it's, it is the traits. I think, I think you have to understand that that composition of elite first step, burst, flexibility, hand technique, uh, a motor, all of those things, that's how you win. That's how you win as a pass rusher in the NFL. But what I think on top of that, that Brian Burns has is just this wonderful ability to find soft areas in the pocket and exploit those those opportunities to really find lanes to get into the backfield and make make plays, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. And um, you know, he's a guy that's you, you. I've done a lot of work on him, uh, familiar with a lot of people around him, and had a really good feel for the type of work ethic that he has and how much he loves the game. And uh, you know, certainly it says a lot just the amount of weight that he was able to put on to get himself in position to really be a, a first round type pass rusher and. You know, you, you kind of you you blend talent with habits. 
you get a good football player, right? And, and that's what you're getting with Brian Burns. I mean, we're just scratching the surface. Like you said, he's playing maybe a little more than 50% of the snaps sometimes, sometimes maybe a little less. And it's not just Burns, right? Like Burns is is getting making a lot of plays, four and a half sacks. I think he's had, you know, like at least averaging multiple quarterback hits a game. And uh, it's what he's doing for the rest of the pass rushers as well. I mean, look at Mario Addison's having a big year and other guys as well. And that that comes from the type of attention that Burns commands. When you have multiple guys that really command the attention of the offensive line, you know, other guys are going to be able to win 1v1 battles and you're not going to be able to help everywhere. And so Burns has obviously made his own share of plays, but he's making this entire Panthers pass rush even better, and and my goodness, and he's going to be one of the steals of the first round. I said it before the draft; he's the best pass rusher in the draft. Maybe not the best defender in the draft, but the best pure pass rusher. And the the Panthers are certainly seeing the rewards of that right now. Uh, absolutely, it, it's it's been a joy to watch Burns just develop so quickly in, into a stud NFL rusher. And I'll even throw another player in there, and, and another rookie, and that's Christian Miller. I thought. You know, there there were obviously questions about him coming into the draft with his his injury history a little bit, but I I thought getting him in the fourth round was solid value. And this is another guy that may not be playing a lot of snaps, but um, especially in the last couple of weeks, he's seemingly he's really been making the most of these limited snaps that he's been playing, and he has a couple sacks himself. So you know, you're starting to develop a really nice young pass rush tandem between Burns and Christian Miller. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the the thing about Miller, it's never been talenting. Like you already mentioned, it's the injuries. I mean, he's a big-time recruit. Whenever he was on the field, he made big-time plays for Alabama. Just being on the field has been kind of a problem for him. He seems to be always injured. And, you know, he's he's been sprinkled in this year. And especially, remember, the Arizona game. I think that was definitely his best game, obviously. A couple sacks in that game. A couple uh, quarterback hits as well. Um, that was kind of a glimpse of what he can do. And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, mouths to feed when it comes to this Panthers uh, front seven and guys that are going to rush the passer. And so Miller's a little bit down in the pecking order. But, you know, B.J. Irvin's not – or Bruce Irvin, whatever he goes by now, he's not necessarily like a long-term guy. And so you can see, you know, Miller kind of commanding and stepping into some more of those reps and gives a lot of options for the Panthers' defense and being versatile with the way that they want to – put different rushers on the field and put them in different spots and really just take advantage of, of really talented guys that they have a, a deep pool of them against offensive linemen that, you know, it's going to be a lot of uh, matchup problems and, and the Panthers are building a stable of rushers that definitely present those. And it, that's the, that's been the key thing I think too, is just the rotation of all these front seven guys. And uh, one player that I thought has really stepped up nicely and they've, needed him to and they've been wanting for for years now and that's vernon butler you know after the loss of k1 short it's it's finally nice to see vernon butler you know he's shown flashes at times but never just had that consistent effort over a full season it seems and it seems like he's finally starting to put the pieces together a little bit you know what what have you seen out of vernon butler and then you know you could go across the 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 entire line if you want to too but um you know I, i just want to get your thoughts on how well you think Vernon Butler has improved this year as well. Well, yeah, I mean, he definitely has, and they needed him too in a big way with, like you mentioned there, the KK short injury. And, you know, I I thought the writing on the wall for Butler was pretty evident when they 
they gave Don Terry Poe that big deal once Star Latula left. And, you know, whenever they took Butler, that was kind of always your thought that, okay, well, they're not going to pay Star and Short. And so you kind of want to have a guy waiting in the wings to take over. Well, here here's that opportunity. Star you know, goes off to Buffalo and they go out and sign Don Terry Poe. And then they didn't think twice about bringing in Gerald McCoy. And so, you know, Vernon Butler is still not even playing that much of the percentage of the snaps. I mean, it's still in the 30s, around 31, 36 percent the last couple of games without Kawan Short in the mix. But, you know, he's responded nicely with the three sacks in the last three games and uh, make causing some problems playing with good energy. I mean, I we hadn't seen the player uh, like we hadn't seen him play like he did against Tampa Bay yet in his career. And so obviously it's a big year for him. If I'm not mistaken, this is a contract year from him. They didn't pick up the fifth year option. So, you know, whether it's convincing Carolina that he's worth bringing back or, you know, positioning himself to get a nice chunk of change from someone else that's going to buy into his upside as a former first round pick. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely putting his best foot forward. Now, I, one thing I'll tell you, there's a lot of these guys that are like this, that, you know, they haven't necessarily been consistent and they start to peak a little bit in that contract year. I'm not so fast to dismiss four years of bad tape or three years of bad tape because they, you know, they took some strides as, uh, in their, in their contract year. So we got to keep that into perspective. There's, you know, there's been a reason he's not been effective to this point. Um, but you know, for a Carolina Panthers team that needs it and for a, a Vernon Butler who personally needs it, it's good to see this coming together right now. Uh, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's look ahead now to the post bye week here. Um, and something I've talked about a bit, a bit here on the podcast, just the, the, the tough stretch that the Panthers are facing. You know, I said it, w- it was imperative that the Panthers get off to a good start going into the bye because of the games they have, especially in the second half of the season. So getting that four and two start, I thought was huge for them. And now that stretch starts even earlier because, I don't know too many people that thought the 49ers were going to be this good this quick. Now you're you're likely looking at a, you know, they're 5-0 and now. They're probably going to be 6-0 and by the time the Panthers see them because they're probably going to beat the Redskins on Sunday. So you're looking at a 6-0 and Redskins, or excuse me, 6-0 and 49ers team. You travel to Green Bay. You have uh, both games against the, you know, you basically have the rest of your division games, both games against the Saints, both games against the Falcons. You have the Seahawks left to play, the Colts left to play. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good games left on the schedule. So what's going to be the key to navigating these final 10 games for the Panthers? Well, this, this is what should piss you off about those first two games, right? <laughs> like I said, the, it, Couple games, Sunday night or Sunday game, Thursday night game, both at home. Cam trying to gut it out, and you know, like I said, if if Cam doesn't play, if Kyle Allen plays those two games, you I, you're not going to convince me they don't win at least one, if not both of those football games. And so now, yeah, you put you behind a little bit, and in this NFC, like we talked about already, it's so competitive. You don't have, you can't put yourself in those holes. So there's some challenging games. You, you like that San Francisco comes out of the bye. But it's going to be about handling your business against teams that you got to beat. Right now, you're sitting with four wins. Well, you go claim that Tennessee game. You you win a couple against Atlanta. Now I've got you to seven. You beat the Redskins. That's eight. And then you you, you know you try to win a couple of those other tough games. You get to ten wins and see what happens. But I think the blueprint's right there in front of Carolina. I mean, if Cam's going to come back and play, he's got to be he's got to be Cam. He's got to be Cam, or else it's not worth it. Um, but you know, I think there's enough meat on the bone for the Panthers to take care of the business that they need to take care of. That's what it's going to come down to. You can't win the game. You can't lose any of the games you're supposed to win. And and I think there's 
at least four the rest of the way that they should be able to win and go find a way to win a couple more and you know see see where the cards may fall if you win 10 games you, you've positioned yourself pretty well to make the playoffs absolutely i i agree definitely are the four winnable games one of the other four are possible let, let's say they only need two more because usually tight end six gets you into the playoffs where would you see are the two best chances for them to we'll say steal a win among the four other games that we didn't mention as those winnable games well, it's tough, right? Because it's at San Francisco, it's at Green Bay, of course, the one in New Orleans, um, and then at Indianapolis. So of the games that are challenging, you know, a lot of them are on the road. And, and mm-hmm. we've seen the Panthers go into Houston and win a football game, which which is a really quality win when you when you really think about it. So, you know, they're going to have to find a way to go steal one, whether that's Indianapolis. I think that's certainly not an insurmountable possibility. Um, you know, you're you, you've you know, you know, New Orleans really well. I mean, I know they're playing good ball, but it's a familiar opponent. You, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. And so you, you have to find a way to win one of those Saints games, certainly. Um, and, uh, you know, Seattle comes to your place and Seattle's a good football team, but it's at your stadium. And so, you know, there's there's opportunities. But I, I think if I was going to say, OK, these of the tough games that uh, remain, if you need to steal two or three of them, well, I want to go into Indian win. I want to claim one against the Saints and, um, you know, maybe that Colts game. And then also, and, Bill, I mean, think about Green Bay. Like, it's on the road, but Green Bay is not a team that's defended the run very well. And, I mean, that's a game you could see really Christian McCaffrey controlling the mm-hmm. line of, you know, controlling that football game. Um, if, uh, you know, if Carolina certainly can uh, stop Aaron Rodgers, which is difficult, but he doesn't have his full complement of weapons right now. It's a banged up receiving core. So, you know, if you can kind of find that that offense that's trying to find its way a little bit and get your ground game going, maybe you can go into Lambeau and steal one. No, absolutely. I mean, we saw how close the Lions came to, right. to beating them on Monday night. Probably should have beaten them if it wasn't for, you know, those uh, those amazing calls that the referees made. But that's <laughs> besides the point. Um, but I, I will say, too, I, I think the one advantage the Panthers might have as far as those two Saints game goes is – they're home against the Saints in Week 17, and you know the Saints. Maybe they've locked up something by the end of the season. You know, ideally this is for the NFC South, but if say the Saints keep rolling and they decide to rest their starters, um, you know maybe Carolina takes advantage of that and sneaks out a win there, and that could potentially be your tenth win, and that could get you in as a, as a wild card but if they keep playing the way they've been then who knows this could be this could be the game that gets flexed into sunday night week 17 for for the division title if, if things work out the way they want to um yeah and i mean the other thing is you got to pay attention to these tiebreakers right like you already yeah. don't have that rams tiebreaker and you yeah. have chances to play the 49ers and seahawks like you and you played the packers as well and so you only have so many chances to to claim those tiebreakers and they're a little bit behind right now. And, um, you know, the good thing is that it is a competitive NFC and maybe that comes down to kind of everyone beating up on each other and could be some funny scenarios, but obviously, you know, go out and win football games. So you don't have to worry about all that other help. So that's all it boils down to take care of your business. It's like right. you said, just take care of your business. And that's the goal. Uh, I think we'll get you out of here on this, Joe. It's never too early to talk 2020 draft. Obviously that's, your uh your job (laughs) who are some 2020 names you know first round or maybe deeper names that panthers fans need to keep an eye on come april's draft 
Well, I guess I'd, I'd kind of ask you a question before I got into that. What's the, what are we thinking in terms of Panthers needs? I mean, there's so many variables, right? Like Shaq Thompson's a free agent. James Bradbury's a free agent. Uh, Trey Boston's a free agent. Uh, are we satisfied with the offensive line? Do we need another receiver? So, I, I mean, how would you kind of laser in what direction at this point in the discussion we should be thinking about for the Panthers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. You know, there's there's a number of ways you can go about it. Um, you know, I, I like the way James Bradbury has played. He's he's definitely stepped up over last year, but. You know, they could always be looking for an improvement in the corner. Uh, he, de- he definitely needs safety. Uh, you know, the way they've been playing now, they may have, unless they want to trade up, but for now they seem to have played their way out of the uh, Grant Delpit area and, and some of those some of those top safeties and corners. Uh, Let me know, say they, this, Phil. I mean, I've done some mock drafts for the Panthers. It's been kind of challenging sometimes. And a lot of times, you know, based they're kind of picking right now middle of the first round and mm-hmm. – what, what I've been able to kind of do with Carolina, and I do a lot of mock drafts, is I kind of clean something up, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, whether whether it's the teams in front of them kind of snatching up, uh, you know, three quarterbacks and pushing some other talent down, or, you know, obviously the big need for offensive line, some really talented receivers this year. And no matter what happens, every time there's a player that I'm like, wow, I can't believe they're still there, and I snatch them up to Carolina, whether that's Derek Brown, a defensive tackle from, uh, from Auburn, whether that's Ben... Uh, a cornerback like uh, a Christian Fulton from uh, LSU, and you you get get a guy like that in the mix. All of a sudden, you put Dante Jackson in the slot, and you you're really set in the secondary. Grant Delpit's kind of slid a little bit at times, and that's an easy pick for Carolina in that spot. So, you know, Carolina. I mean, they're it's tough to define their needs right now, just because there's so many variables in play um, in terms of what they're going to do with the roster. You know, is this a situation where? You know, if the Panthers kind of stumble here, is 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 Dave Tepper going to clean house? And all of a sudden, this isn't the Herney Rivera show anymore. So it's it's. I feel like I don't. I hate to be like take the cowardly approach with the question, but I feel like Carolina, as much as any team, is so difficult to forecast right now because there's just so many variables in play. But um, that will certainly shape the discussion. But right now, in terms of, like I said, when I'm doing mock drafts, I usually use Carolina to clean up a player that I didn't expect to slide. No, and that's fair. I mean, you know, it's only week six. And um, and like you said, there's there's a lot of, you know, they have a bunch of free agents set to come up. And you never know. Who, who knows if Ron, Ron Rivera is even still here, if, if things start to go south. But you know, a long way to go, and you know, we'll certainly be keeping an eye out, and hopefully, we'll be able to get you back on here to, uh, you know, as the draft gets closer, to really start to kind of zero in on on some of these players. But um, I, I think we'll wrap it up there. You know, it was it was a lot of fun, Joe. I really appreciate you taking time to to jump on here. Like I said, glad to finally get you on here. Obviously, you've got locked on bills. You've got uh, the draft network. Uh, you know, what what else is going on? What do you, what do you got working on? What can uh, what can listeners and viewers and readers expect out of you coming up? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to listen to my football takes or read what I have to say, you you'll have no shortage of chances. I do two daily podcasts per day. Draft Dudes podcast is an NFL draft podcast, which is Monday through Friday. It's on the Locked On Podcast Network. I also host Locked On Bills, so if you want to hear some Bills discussion, that's a daily podcast Monday through Friday on the Buffalo Bills, and I produce. Uh, scouting reports and written content on a daily basis for the draftnetwork.com. So if you want to keep up with all that, best spot's going to be Twitter at the Joe Marino is the handle. And uh, Bill, thanks for having me on. I enjoyed this conversation. That was a lot of fun, buddy. Thank you. It was, it was an honor to have you on here.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So again, big shout out there to Joe Marino joining us here on Locked On Panthers. Again, wanted to be... Wanted to get him on the show for quite some time, so really excited that we finally got to do this. And a lot, a lot of great info, real good conversation. So I hope you guys enjoyed that, and hopefully we can get him back on as the draft gets closer. As we talked about it at the end of the end of the conversation, there uh, once we start to really get a little more into focus as far as some of these draft prospects for 2020, because like you said. You know, there, there's plenty of potential needs here for the Panthers with Shaq Thompson, a potential free agent, James Bradbury, a potential free agent. Are they going to improve the offensive line? Do they not want another receiver? There's a lot of ways that the Panthers can go about this, I think, uh, go, going into the offseason. Obviously, free agency is going to affect that as well. So I think once January hits and we really start focusing on the draft a little bit more once the regular season is over, uh, we, we'll have a better idea of where things stand. But, you know, certainly, um, like we mentioned, some names, you know, Grant Delpit, if he potentially falls a little bit there, would be a great pick, I think, for the Panthers. Uh, Joe mentioned Derek Brown, big fan of Derek Brown's game. You know, someone that you could uh, could potentially replace Dontari Poe with, maybe Vernon Butler if he leaves in free agency. So, you know, a couple of names to watch there. So it's going to be interesting. And, of course, you know, shout out there to the Draft Network and their uh, mock draft machine. And that's something I kind of got away from, and I'd like to get back into it, you know, maybe down the line. We might not get back into it at, at this point, but maybe as the regular season draws closer to the end, and we get closer to the offseason, we'll start firing up that mock draft machine and the big board. But, you know, just a great feature that that they have over at the Draft Network to be able to build your own board, create your own mock drafts. It's just really fun and such such a great tool, not just for, obviously, draft analysts, but just the casual fan. Like, you guys out there can just go right to Draft Network, you know, fill out your own mock drafts, and be like, oh, maybe there's a chance this guy can fall to the Panthers or whichever team. So it's just, it's just a great tool. But, you know, again, re- really excited, really great to have had Joe on. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, like I said, hope you guys have had a good week and enjoying the bye week. And if you're watching the 49ers game, start scouting a little bit for week eight. Otherwise, just enjoy the games in general. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back on Monday to start prepping for the likely undefeated, since they're playing the Redskins, the likely undefeated San Francisco 49ers. Until next time, take care, my friends. Bill Rossetti signing off. Hope to see you soon. Have a good one. We'll see you Monday. Take care, everyone. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.